0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As part of our new Wednesday We Forum feature series, exploring can't miss insights from the World Economic Forum and their key takeaways, today I will be exploring the recent We Forum video What is the Fourth Industrial Revolution? back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this Wednesday We Forum feature episode. Today, I'll be exploring the recent We Forum video, What is the Fourth Industrial Revolution? Ubiquitous mobile supercomputing, artificial intelligent robots, self-driving cars, neurotechnological brain enhancements, genetic editing, The evidence of dramatic change is all around us and it's happening at exponential speed. Previous industrial revolutions liberated humankind from animal power, made mass production possible, and brought digital capabilities to billions of people. This fourth industrial revolution is, however, fundamentally different. It is characterized by a range of new technologies that are fusing the physical, digital and biological worlds impacting all disciplines, economies, and industries, and even challenging ideas about what it means to be human. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. We are wondering
1: what is happening to the world.
0: everything is changing.
2: The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Our bodies will be so high-tech we won't be able to really distinguish between what's natural and what's artificial.
0: Inside our own heads is the most complex arrangement of matter in the known universe.
1: You might ask yourself, can we get to be superhumans? The original Industrial Revolution was driven by the discovery that you could use steam engines to do all kinds of interesting things.
2: But that was followed by additional revolutions for electricity and computers and communications technology. We're now in the early stages of the fourth Industrial Revolution, which is bringing together digital, physical and biological systems.
0: One of the features of this fourth Industrial Revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing but it changes us.
2: With the ability to visualize brain activity, for example, through a simple consumer-based EEG device, it gives us access to ourselves in ways that we've never before thought possible. It unlocks the black box that is the brain and enables us to um, really, truly be able to uh, realize an identity that is aspirational.
0: There's now a scientific foundation for the effects of mindfulness on the brain, on the genome, on
2: biological aging, and when the human mind does know itself, then you get the potential for a new renaissance that restructures itself in terms of our relationship to life, our relationship to the planet, our relationship to work.
0: We need a different economic model. By that, I don't mean capitalism versus communism. What I'm talking about is a shift in the system along the lines of the two big changes that happened in the 20th century, Keynesianism, with a much greater focus on health and education and the role of government working with business, and then a reaction against that in late century to neoliberalism, where the focus was on free markets, freedom of the individual, and getting governments out of the way. We need a shift to a new system that will allow us to meet the basic needs of every human on the planet, that will live within planetary means, that will be fairer, and that will be focused as its key goal, not on growth per se, but on maximizing human well-being. And history tells us that a value shift is triggered by creation of a new story about how we want to live. There's no doubt about it, shifts continue to happen. We, we've been seeing it for the last couple of decades that we have been moving headlong into this fourth industrial revolution. Just as the previous industrial revolutions transformed not only industry and work, but also society as a whole, the fourth industrial revolution is really going to upend most of what we think about and understand about how we interact with each other and as communities and as workplaces and organizations HR leaders and organizational leaders across industries and sectors need to be thinking about labor markets and what does the employee of the future look like? How do organizations support those employees? How do they get the skills and capacities and capabilities that they need to be successful in the future? And how do disruptive technologies uh, influence those changes and shifts? So we see increased uh, exponentially increasing computing power, um, decreasing uh, cost of memory and storage, which just leads to these continual uh, technological advancements that aren't gonna be slowing down anytime soon. So we have artificial intelligence and machine learning and robotics that are far more uh, uh, sophisticated today than they ever were in the past And, and in five, 10 years, you know, we'll probably kind of laugh at what we think is so advanced today uh, based on what the new capabilities will be. This has tremendous implications for how we do our jobs, how our leaders lead, and how we leverage and maximize the capacity of our people. Now, no doubt about it, some jobs will be displaced, other jobs will be created, uh, but all of us need to figure out what it means uh, to be a part of this fourth industrial revolution, and part of that comes down to systems, economic systems, social systems. As they mentioned in that first clip, the systems that got us through the the first, second, and third industrial revolution uh, have perpetuated uh, dramatic inequalities across the world. Those systems are broken. Those systems uh, have faults that need to be corrected. So we need to dissect and figure out what is wrong with those systems and how do we adjust those systems or create new systems that will allow us to be more successful moving into the future. It's very, very important for organizational industry leaders and government leaders and officials to really tackle this problem so that we can have true equity and inclusion of opportunity uh, throughout the world, uh, that the haves and have nots, Uh, And the inequalities between those groups will be diminished and that everyone will have an opportunity to be their best self, both at home and in the workplace.
1: I see the circular economy as something which fits very closely with mankind's goal to be innovative and creative and to always progress. We can use asset tracking, we can use IT, we can use 3D printing to enable this different economic model to recover materials, feed them back into the economy and really to decouple growth from the resource constraints we have. The reason we live in cities is not different today than it was 10,000 years ago. Even if we have got networks connecting us, we still want to have places where we meet in person. So This means the place where we work and the place where we live are much closer to each other, a city where we don't need to have big supply chains in order to produce things, where many things can be sourced locally thanks to 3D printing and robotics. So if we are able to do something to transform cities, to make them more efficient, then the impact can be huge. Think about the
2: prospect of getting rid of plastics. We must not only be inspired or informed by nature, but actually use natural organisms with which to design products and building parts, only instead of varying material properties, we're varying biological functionality.
1: Design is critical today because it's the first signal of human intention. So The question of adding quality to quantity, it isn't a matter of simply circulating things that are potentially toxic, it's circulating things that are safe and healthy for all generations. So the goal is no longer, I want to be less bad, less monotonous, less unsafe, less unjust, it's really about a diverse, safe, healthy, and just world with clean air, clean water, clean soil, clean energy.
0: Together we are fighting to preserve our fragile climate from irreversible damage and devastation of unthinkable proportions.
1: If we think about the original Industrial Revolution, it was an energy revolution. I like to think of it as a kind of bookending of a period in human history during which we used fossil fuels and it worked very well for us for a long time. But now we have to bring that to an end. We have energy technologies that can power our civilization, solar, wind, uh, biomass. So then the question is, well, how do we get grid integration? Maybe the wind is blowing in Denmark, the sun is shining in Germany, and now you can move that electricity through an integrated grid. You can supply energy to everyone who needs it. And you can supply energy at all times. Walking around, you do see different stuff. As um, far as like the body marriage line, they use a lot of things that help them lift up and move things to the car. You just sit there and you know program something, and if it has its own set mind to go ahead and do everything and then as humans we just come in and take the extra steps to help the technology it's not the the cure-all for everything there's definitely a lot of things where people perform the operation better but certainly for the right applications robotics are a huge improvement for the process
0: how can we leverage these technological advances in this fourth industrial revolution uh, to really bring about uh, dramatic societal changes towards green energy, uh, towards uh, a more conscientious stewardship mindset about the planet as we try to tackle climate change and understand its implications, wide sweeping implications for the world, for humanity, and for all of the living creatures on the earth. We, we owe it to ourselves and to future generations to tackle this problem. And these new technologies and the shifting nature of work will allow us the opportunity to to really tackle this challenge. And as they mentioned as well uh, in that clip, that as we really move into the future, we have to rethink everything. We have to rethink efficiency in cities, uh, how we interact with each other, as well as in more rural communities. Uh, what does that mean when we have things like, uh, uh, when we have things like, 3D printing and locally sourced um, products and materials due to those types of technologies. Uh, we have robotics, we have uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence to tackle some of those more mundane jobs and tasks that need to be performed for societies to function, and will free up labor uh, to focus more on what is innately more human. The creativity, the innovation, the decision making, the ethical framing, uh, all of these elements that are so very important for each and every one of us. We have the opportunity to tackle the climate crisis. We have the opportunity to reshape and reform cities and systems and communities to be more effective, more efficient, uh, more mindful, and really lead into our stewardship as uh, individuals on this planet. and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations.
1: The prediction of 5 million jobs lost by 2020 to technology is serious, but it's not the main question. Construction, manufacturing, services, public health and education, these industries will still exist. The main question is what will be the future of work? How will we define work? How will we share the wealth? From the viewpoint of the labour or jobs, nowadays we really need a new education when you training.
2: We're working with a world in motion in FIRST Robotics, trying to encourage you know, students from third grade all the way up through uh, the end of high school. We um, had students make sailboats, and then we had them race them, and so they could see how quickly they could move. And they immediately went back and started to say, oh, I saw what happened, I'm going to go change this or that. And that was third
1: graders just given a prize to a kid of 18 years old that has discovered something really very very unique came up with how to get better productivity and better yields for seeds of corn and so he basically came with the idea that if you would perforate these seeds you would get more food and uh, you think about it and say but he didn't go to university so how does it get all that knowledge? And he told me, I mean, I've been watching YouTube since the age of 12, and I'm so interested that I've seen everything about it, I've read everything about it. The world is really open uh, to learning. The thing is, uh, how do you give the incentive to your kids to do that? It's this
0: ability of digital technology to change outcomes, to truly empower people all over the world that can create a more equitable growth because I think the world needs that.
1: Fourth Industrial Revolution has the potential to make inequalities visible and to make them less acceptable in the future and hopefully together and garner
2: political support to take the necessary decision to reduce the gap. Humans have always been using tools. But because of the recent advances in technology, we're beginning to have machines that can augment us in all sorts of interesting ways. I was the first person in the world to be able to voluntarily move my legs while stepping in a robot by exciting the nervous system using electrical stimulators directly onto the spine. We believe that a cure will be possible if enough of the right people have the will to
1: fast track a cure for paralysis.
0: What is the future of work? How do all of these changes and shifts impact the nature of jobs, professions, organizations, the relationship between institutions and the people that work for them. You know, we have things like the gig economy, we have contingent workforce, we have all of these elements that we've seen shifts uh, in movements towards in recent years and decades, uh, I, I think that shakeup is going to continue to happen. So what does that uh, future of work actually look like? And oh, what what is our role as leaders in shaping that new reality? And as they also mentioned, and as I mentioned in the previous clip and commentary, what does it look like to have more equitable um, changes within our society as it relates to the workplace? We know that there will be disruption. There will be jobs displaced, jobs that happen today that won't exist in five, 10 years from now, uh, let alone 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. But there will be so many new jobs created and many industries uh, simply won't, they're not going to go away, but they'll be shifted and adjusted. And and so certain aspects of those jobs will go away and new aspects of of those jobs will emerge. So how do we prepare ourselves for that? And how do we make sure that these shifts are equitable and that we, uh, that we have a win-win kind of a mindset uh, to, to share opportunity for everyone throughout our societies, uh, throughout our communities, and throughout our organizations?
2: We take two things from the patient. Um, First, we take a three-dimensional x-ray and we extract the three-dimensional data out of that so we can make a perfectly shaped puzzle piece. And then we also take a sample of fat tissue from the patient so that we can extract the stem cells out of those. And we use those stem cells with this three-dimensional scaffold that we fabricate and after three weeks we have a piece of living bone that's uh, ready for implantation. Being able to use genome editing to understand the genetic changes that lead to cancer and technologies like drug delivery, getting molecules into particular types of cells. There's a lot of excitement about being able to move much more quickly on this disease. One of the things that I think is so essential to free and open societies is freedom of thought. Um, And up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotion, um, we have to create a space that enables people to think freely, to think divergent thoughts, to think creative thoughts. And in a society where people fear having those thoughts, uh, the likelihood of being able to enjoy progress is significantly diminished. We need to take responsibility at every level of society, from the individual and the personal to the institutional to the global, to adapt to these technological challenges and changes, which are redefining what it means to be human, what it means to work, what it means to be completely embedded in this world.
1: People always ask me if I'm an optimist or a pessimist. The technology exists, but how do we get it and implement it the scale we need at a price that people around the world can afford. Even though we have everyday problems we have to solve, we have to find a way to lay the foundations for the innovations of tomorrow.
0: I hope you get the sense of not only the challenges that we're going to be facing as we continue moving forward into this uh, fourth industrial revolution, uh, uh, certainly challenges uh, that we face as societies, as leaders, but there is such tremendous opportunity. I hope you get a sense for that. I hope you get a feeling for that as you listen to these clips that there's so much systemic uh, inequity so much uh, systemic racism, so much systemic inequality throughout the world. And these new disruptive technologies provide us with opportunities to address those systemic problems. It allows us the opportunity to reshape our communities and our societies, our workplaces, our organizations, if we're thoughtful and creative and we're willing to kind of think outside the box and not be stuck and limited to the way things have been framed and and structured and organized in the past, if we can do that, then I think the sky is the limit in terms of what we can accomplish and what we can do for each other and for this planet that's my hope. That's my dream. I, I'm, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I'm a realist, but I'm also an optimist. Um, and I, I move forward with the faith in humanity that we are going to be able to figure this out. And we're going to be able to make jobs uh, that are fulfilling and meaningful, that we won't exploit workers, that we won't exploit systems to perpetuate inequalities, but rather we can uh, move forward into a brighter future together. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions that Produce Extraordinary Results.